I'm in. I'm Jimmy Kekoy. I'm a genius. Welcome to the podcast. Oh man, I tell you. Um, so so my voice is is like funny kind today. Uh, but we're gonna do this podcast called uh, "You Gotta Pay to Play." Okay, you gotta pay to play. But first, the attitude of gratitude. This is a law of attraction podcast. Now, the law of attraction. Uh, if you guys haven't heard of it, look it up. We can just call it positive thinking. But first of all, we gotta we gotta do gratitude, attitude of gratitude, and say thank you to you for listening to the podcast. Our last country was Norway. Thank you to the people uh, who are listening to us in Norway. Uh, when we get the breakdown. Uh, of who's listening to us where and you know the demographics uh it it breaks it down to towns and there are some towns in norway that i don't know how to pronounce so we just can say thank you norway that's all thank you very much because some of these you know you got to get the pronunciation and you know I, I don't have time to google i don't have time to go learn you know because google you can press the thing right and it will pronounce the word for you but um yeah <laughs> no more time for that kind of stuff sorry Owens. Okay, but thank you. And when you're listening, people in Norway, when you're listening to this podcast, you are honorary Hawaiians, okay? So when I say Hawaiians, I'm talking to you. Yeah, you right there, okay? Just listen up and listen good because today's podcast is called You Gotta Pay to Play. Okay, now we've, we've always heard that cliche, right? It's an idiom, you gotta pay to play, right? And, and you know, you gotta pay to play no matter what you do in life, Okay. Now, this is part of the law of attraction. You only get back what you put out in life. You only get back what you put out. So if you're putting out, you know, maybe 10% and you're expecting to get 90% in addition to that 10% you're putting out, eh, yeah, kind of kind of hard, Hawaiians, kind of hard. I can tell you that that at the, at the height of our uh, local popularity, if you want to call it that, um, we were we were working from four to well we were up at three, three thirty. I'm sorry, we we're up at three thirty. We were at Starbucks by four thirty. We were in rehearsals, morning rehearsals at five a.m. in the morning. Now I don't know any uh, entertainers that do that, that that have rehearsals at five in the morning. But we did because we weren't. See, there's 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 a couple of a few different types of entertainers, right? Now, in the old days when I was gigging, right, we used to we used to go out and, and gig until, I don't know, late at night. And then after the gig, we would go to other people's gigs. And we would sit down and have a, have a drink or whatever it is. And we would enjoy the other guy's uh, gig. And then they would come to ours. Like, you know, so it would, it would, it's a, like a community kind of thing. And um, within the entertainment community. And this was when I was, this, so when I was gigging, you know, you're talking about... 19 20 years old kind of thing 21 in my early 20s and uh you know later on in life i i gave up the idea of gigging and we just did shows and that that you know you heard that on not a that's not a podcast always you heard that on not a podcast but when i was gigging right we, we did this and so you know getting up at five o'clock in the morning and singing is like almost a virtual impossibility it, it's almost impossible, but um, we were running uh, our company. We had two companies at the time, and um, so we had a singing school and we had a production company. And what we were doing uh, was we were working during the day and sleeping at night, so we could. We, we were in bed. We were in bed by eight thirty, nine o'clock, sometimes nine thirty, and um, and it, it varied. But we were up at three thirty every morning rehearsals at 5 a.m. and the rehearsals lasted till 7. So we had two hours of rehearsals and this was a combination of what we called running the show. So running the show meant we started the show like we were doing it live. Okay, now we were visualizing for for our Waikiki show. We were visualizing for uh, our Las Vegas show, which never happened. Um, Because my my best friend, and uh, musical partner and and um, oh gosh, he he was he was phenomenal. Sometimes the dynamics, you know, he was my roommate too, right? He moved in with my fiance uh, when when gosh, this was way back uh, when I was engaged, and and so and then he stayed, right? He was blind, and I told him, I, I made him a promise. I said, I said, dude, look, bro, 
Uh, I called him Bully because he was he was the bull <laughs> for music. He was the absolute man. And and I told him, Bully, you know what? I said, bro, as long as I'm alive, you never have to go back to this care home because he was in a care home. And I said, if you want to come and you you know you want to start the business with me and you, you want to you know because we were dreaming about these things. We were saying, wow, yeah, would be neat one day if we did jingles or if we did production or if we did this or did that. And um, you know, and I and I told him, yeah, well, I know how to do this half. You know how to do that half, right? So it's it's sort of like you know Reese's, right? You know, one guy got chocolate, the other guy get peanut butter. Okay, let's put this thing together and get some Reese's, and that's what we did. And um, so it got him out of the care home. It liberated him from the care home, and he said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I want to go. I want to go," because all he wanted to do was make his mark in music. And here was this guy. He's blind. Okay, he's blind. He's sleeping all day long in the back uh, room of this care home because, like, he had his own room, right? And um, I guess his uh, uh, his caretaker would just make lunch for him and dinner for him and breakfast or whatever. And then, um, and that was it. And so he goes, "Yeah, yeah, let's do this." So we embarked on this journey. Now we went down the road uh, thirty years and. Uh, the, the the problem really started when he got cancer, okay? Now, when I say you got, uh, you know, he, he passed away from cancer about six years ago. Now, when I say that uh, you got to pay to play, okay? So we wanted to play, right? And we had no idea of what we, were, what we had to pay. We had no idea. We thought that that expression meant you got to pay with money, okay? Because you, you know how people say it takes money to make money? Okay, it does not take money to make money. It does not. Okay, now it's useful if you have a startup budget to go and start something, right? But if you want to pay to play, okay, it doesn't always mean money. And this is what I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna point this out in in this podcast. So today you have a very unique setup in society, right? You have social media. Now you can start a social media account. You can gain a bunch of followers, okay, with very little money. Right, because because I mean, to start up, you don't need money, you just need an account. You can get a free website, you can get free email, you can get free, 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 right? And then it's up to you to put in the work. Well, that's the pay part, that's the pay part. You got because you got to pay to play, Hawaiians, you got to pay, okay? And you go pay with your time, okay? Now, your time is your life, okay? How much of your life are you willing to invest in in this? thing that you're creating because you believe in that thing but more so you have to believe in yourself you have to believe in yourself i i don't i cannot even tell you how many people okay now i have a i have a company that that does these digital things right vmac consultants okay and and we subcontract everything so we don't we don't have a whole bunch of employees and a staff and you know we're not the Gary V kind of thing or whatever. Right now we're we're trying to negotiate with this guy uh, to bring him in as a subcontractor. So we we from time to time we subcontract to different people. And the way it works is so this is this is something that may help you. The way it works is you subcontract and you get a price from these guys. Then you tack on a little bit. You can't tack on a lot. You got to tack on a little. And then so the idea in success or whatever you call it because I, I don't even know what success is I just keep working but the, I, what they say success right is, is and how you got to do the money thing is you make a little bit of money from a lot of people now on social media you can do that you can sell a PDF download of information that somebody needs okay you can sell that PDF download for two dollars and you can sell it to 10,000 people okay and you can make some money Okay, just to give you an idea. Now, the thing that holds people back, right, is all in their head because they they don't feel that, that they can pull it off, right? They don't have that faith that, that tells them that, oh, if I keep taking the steps, I can get there, you know? But, but, you know, life is real. People have bills, right? People have bills. People have things. And unexpected things come up, like when my, um, you know, when my best friend came down with cancer, right? Which was one thing I couldn't protect him from. I could protect him from anything else. And I, I couldn't do anything about this. And it was a powerless um, feeling. Yeah, It was it was like, because uh, I was always like big brother to him, right? Although he was older than me. And and um, this thing was so, uh, I want to say, unfair, 
right? Uh, life is not fair. Okay, uh, by the way, just in, case, just in case you haven't run into that yet, I don't know, you must be really, really young if that hasn't happened yet. But but yeah, life is not fair. And so this is one of the things that happened. And I can tell you from personal experience that um, I have the, the deepest aloha regards and love for people that are going through this, okay? Because when we went through cancer, the money was going out the door. And we incurred debt like you wouldn't believe. We're still taking care of that. We're, we're still taking care of it. And I'm not talking about income tax debt. I, I'm talking about I, I'm talking about debt like uh, stuff within the company, right? But the company carries a debt. Worst case scenario, if we gotta bankrupt the company, then that's what you do. But you don't you don't have the personal side. You have the you have the business side, right? So um, and that's what President Trump did, right? He, he had five bankruptcies, right? He went through five of them. But those were business moves, and those are, are business strategies, okay? And I, I know what you're thinking. What? Bankruptcy is a strategy? Yeah, it is a strategy. So uh, that's why Trump Trump did it. <laughs> that's why he did it. It was a strategy. Everybody was saying, oh, he doesn't know how to make money. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't. Yeah, right. Okay. They don't understand business. Okay, so... Um, but but I'm talking about excise tax. I'm talking about I'm talking about things that we invested in for the company. I'm talking about digital infrastructure. I'm talking about all that stuff, right? I'm not talking about income tax. That, that we don't we don't owe income tax. We paid all our income tax. We managed to do that. But the thing is, the 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 burden of cancer. Not only not only do you do you pay on on the monetary level. You pay on the emotional level. You pay on every level. It's a gut-wrenching thing. And halfway through the cancer, the cancer lasted two years for us. Okay, And during that two-year period, we lost over $30,000. It was just going out the door, just like boom, boom. boom. We, we saw it going. We couldn't stop it. It was it was like it was like we needed a financial tourniquet at that point, right? <laughs> so, but this stuff just kept going. And we we're, we're like, hey, you know what? The focus is not on that. The focus is on Wayne. The focus is on bully, and that that remained our focus for two years. And so, you know, when I tell you guys that at my age I'm starting out all over again, basically. That's what I've had to do. Now, COVID came along, right? Okay, that was that was like the sword and the bull for a lot of people. A lot of people lost their companies. A lot of people, you know, lost what they paid to play. Okay, uh, one of our clients, we we had a client for our consulting company, and uh, they they kind of caused uh, their own demise because before COVID came along, they raised the prices because you know we made them popular. They raised the prices. They put themselves at a deficit again and everybody started to go away and then covid came and that was the final that was it that was that was, they were done but but the thing about this you know what i'm saying the pay to play part right sometimes it's emotional sometimes it's it's a mental thing sometimes it's it's a money thing sometimes it doesn't it, it doesn't matter what it is but you're going to pay you're going to pay. So you have to ask yourself, what are you going to sacrifice? A lot of these people that, that we coach and we say, okay, here, you, you could do this business and you could do that. And, and you could take uh, these uh, free vids and you can put them up on YouTube and, and you can get royalties from that. You can, I mean, you know, show, we show people how to build that kind of stuff. And so when they, when they do that, Right. And, uh, and our, our uh, uh, people that subcontract to us, uh, they they work for us. We give them a job. They they, they do it that way. So we, we hook these people up with all those people as well. And when they do that, right, the, the number one reason why they quit, the number one reason why is fear. OK, fear. Now, fear and doubt are the two things. Right. And this is a law of attraction. Uh, podcast. So fear and doubt are the two things that prevent you from doing just about anything. So so what we did was, you know, during cancer, and I'm using this for the example, okay, I'm not saying that, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not using this for any other purpose, let's just say that. But when you're taking the steps, you're taking the steps, taking it, and you, and you're getting, you're getting shut down here and there, shut down. And when I mean shut down, it's like you know when you get that statement, right? You know when you get that bill statement in the in the mail, and it shuts you down because you start going into fear and you go, "How am I gonna pay this bill? You know, or how am I gonna pay this? How am I gonna do that? How am I gonna get through that? You know?" And it wasn't as simple as getting me through anything. 
It was getting my friend through it, right? It was, it was like, it was about two of us instead of about one of us. I mean, you know, and, and so, and we had to go through the steps, go through the steps. The expenses were, were through the roof, right? But here's the two things, right? That, that make the difference is, is using fear as an indicator, okay? A lot of people, you know, a lot of these uh, life coaches or whatever thought leaders, and they tell you, well, you gotta, you gotta push through fear. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta weather the storm. You have to just go straight ahead. Yes, you do have to go straight ahead, but fear is an indicator. Fear is a natural response that you have in your system. Fear is something that when you feel fear, there's a reason, okay? And normally, okay, I would say nine and a half times out of 10, that fear is an indicator that, hey, you know what? Number one, what you want is on the other side of it, okay? Number two, that fear happens, right? Because all of a sudden, you get that, that feeling, that gut feeling, that fear, and that's an indicator that, oh, okay, well, this is something that, that I need to, you know, walk around. Not through. Don't walk through fear. Walk around it. Your focus should be, you should switch your focus at that time to something positive. So here's what I, what I suggest. You know, I suggest you look at family photos. Okay, because only love conquers fear. Only love, Hawaiians. That's all. Love. Okay, so when, when when this happened, I used to look at pictures of my girlfriend, or or if I had several girlfriends at the time, I would look at their pictures, and I would think about the things that I love about each of them. You know, if I had one girlfriend, then I would think about the things I love about her, the things that make me smile about her. You know, I used to look at pictures of babies. You my my little cousins. You know, they my cousins had babies, right? My and my cousins uh my my first cousin's daughter is such a cutie. She was a the little girl and she gave me this graduation picture. And sometimes I used to be walking through you know, walk walking through the office and I had fear in me and I was like, Oh, how are we gonna and I'm trying to get my mind off this, okay? So it's how you go from the glass half empty to the glass half full and how quick you can do it. And, and it's not about really, you know, I, I tell, I tell my life coaching, uh, clients, you know, it's about pushing fear down and moving forward. But the pushing down is a visual, you know, cause you imagine, right? You imagine your hand pushing it down so you can get past it, right? It, that's a visual. That's a, that's a, that's an example. But what you really do is you distract yourself into positivity. The same way you get distracted from positivity into negativity or into fear, right? And, and fear is necessary. You know why? Fear tells you. Fear tells you what's not good. Okay? And as soon as you get that not good feeling, right, you know exactly what's good. And that's when you pull yourself over to that side. You know, it's like, wow, you know, uh, the picture of my car makes me feel good because I achieved that. I manifested that. You know, so sometimes I, I come out in the garage and I sit in my car, you know, I, I put my hand on the steering wheel because I, I remember doing that and visualizing that when I watched The Secret by Rhonda Byrne, right? And, and, and I suggest you do it too. But you know what? Before I could get the brand new car, years and years ago, this is 2007, the, before I could get a new car, before I could drive out of the showroom with a new car, Hawaiians, I had to do what it said on the DVD. I had to put my hand in my mind, I had to put my hands on the steering wheel. Now, I didn't even know what brand of car I wanted. I just knew that I was deserving of a new car. Until today, Owens, and I saw, I'm not flexing. This is not a flex. This is an example because I can only use me. I, I don't know anybody else's experience and I don't care. Uh, I just, cause I just focus on my life and, you know, do what I do, right? But, but for me, like, I just knew that, okay, new car, new car, new car. Because my old car was rebuilding itself at 90,000 miles. I had a Maxima. I had a Nissan Maxima that served me well. That thing served me good, right? Okay? But but you got to pay to play, Hawaiians, right? In order to get that new car, you got to pay. Right? You got to pay the, the your monthly, you know, your, your car loan, right? All right. So so I was in there. You know, and, and most people, the majority of people, in the effort to save money, what do they do? They go, oh no, I'm just gonna get a used car. And nine times out of ten, because I see, I see these people. Okay, my ex is driving a used van right now. That I kept telling her, look, just, just go get a new van. And she's like, oh, I cannot afford a new van. I'm like, well, you, you see, 
God doesn't work that way. That's working to fear. Here's what God did for me. When I had the guts, right, to actually put my hands on a new, brand new steering wheel when I did the test drive, right, when I had, but it took guts to go in. See what I'm saying? Most people drive by the new cars and they go, wow, it would be nice to have one of those. And they drive by it a lot. They drive on the highway, you know, they drive by the car place and they go, wow, it would be nice to have one of those Audis. Wow, it would be nice to have one of those, I don't know, sometimes it's a Toyota. Sometimes it's a Nissan. Sometimes it's a it's a Hyundai, right? Whatever, you you driving by. Most people do that. You know why? Because inside their core belief is, oh, I cannot afford a new car. <laughs> I cannot afford a new car. Okay, so what I had to do is get past the fear. So one day I just went in. I just went in. I said, you know what? I'm gonna let God guide this thing. I'm gonna let. I'm gonna give it to God. Christians say, right? Uh, give it. Give it to God. Right. So I gave it to God. Right. And and Christians usually talk about problems when they say give it to God. No, no, no. Hawaiians, I'm here to tell you, you give everything to God. You let God be the pilot. You let God be the captain of your ship. You let God do it and you follow God. OK, not the other way around. Don't try to don't try to dictate everything and lead everything. And, you know, yeah, you got to be a leader. We had we had that podcast. OK, but that's not this. This is a little bit different. You have to be the leader in your relationships. You have to be the leader in your company. You have to lead those things. But, you know, there's a leader above you. Okay? And that leader, to me, is is what I call God, the the you know, what I call Father God. There's many labels that you could put on it. But your higher power, source. Okay? And and that's what you believe in and that's what you go with. So we were taking steps. We were taking steps and I, I had to get in the car dealership, right? And then I was, I was scared. I, I was, I was in fear when I was there. Cause I was like, what if I made the wrong decision? What if this thing bankrupts me? What if this thing, you see, you see, because well-meaning friends and family put this idea in my head from when I was a kid, you know, oh no, you got to wait two years till the car depreciates it. Then you buy the car. <laughs> okay. Whatever, whatever. Yes, mathematically and economically, that is correct. It does depreciate into you. It does depreciate when you drive it off the lot. It does. Okay. But you have to keep in mind that everything is paid for by future generations of labor in the United States. Okay. Wrap your mind around down, Hoynes. Then start rethinking your plan. Okay. Start believing in God more than you believe in, in yourself. You know, so first God, right? Then you. So yes, you do have to believe in yourself. But there is a higher power. They call it higher for a reason. That's where you go. Okay. That's, that's your boss. When you have no boss, when you have your own company, when you're doing your own thing, that's your boss right there. Boom. Not your wife. <laughs> Please, not your wife. <laughs> night, night. Because then, then we got to have the confidence talk, Hawaiians. That's when we got to have the confidence talk. No, but, but I'm serious. So, so that's what you do, right? And that's where your fate is. And, and that's what happened. You know, going through two years of cancer was the same thing. Now, that was not related to the price that we paid to do what we did in entertainment. Okay, so in the, in the entertainment world, we had to go in and we had to make some kind of a mark or have an experience. Now, one of these experiences, I will tell you guys, was about opening for Sinbad. And this was really funny, see? Because if you pay at the high level, okay, and I want to say the big price. If you're paying the big price, which means that these guys come in, they produce you, right? They and then they work you like a you know rented mule, and you gotta go and do all these shows and do it right. And you're out there and you're and you're famous. You're we knew these guys. We knew tons of these guys locally, and they're famous. They're all and you talk to them, and they downplay everything. You know why they downplaying everything? <laughs> because because they know the reality. They're out there working for, you know, 15%, right? But they're getting paid all this money. But all the money goes to the agent first, goes to the manager first. We know this lady. We knew this lady, okay? And we don't mention names on this podcast, Hawaii. But for you people outside of Hawaii, okay, this is a good lesson too, right? We knew this lady and her husband was this karaoke guy. And she was managing this group. And there were four girls, Okay. She was managing them, right? And so one of the girl's best friends, okay, was one of my employees back in the day. She was working for me. 
and she just happened to be working she worked for me part-time you know we we can't uh we can't have payroll kind of stuff you know that's that's in our company that's not how we roll we roll light so we just get part-time whatever like that and so she was working for me part-time right and um she came to me one day and she said you know these girls because these girls were popular one time they were selling records they were selling cds they were they were playing all over the place and she goes you know so and so came in to the bank because she worked at this bank and so and so came in and she was telling me you know like what a big percentage these guys were taking and i'm like really and so basically what what was going on was this lady was making these kids work for them right and her her husband was this this handyman guy that that did some uh entertaining stuff and and whatever and and but but these guys was making choke you know in hawaii we say choke that means a lot they're making a lot of money off these girls and these girls were taking these small little checks to the bank to deposit and she happened to tell you know the girl that worked for me like like how it really was and that's when i lost respect for these people right but but even more so the the other thing that happened with these people as a side note and this happens a lot in business it's not just in hawaii it happens a lot all over the place we were giving this lady gift certificates right to our school to to uh, you know like a promo right so what you do is you give the the uh gift certificates she gives them away at her show right and then people come and they try you right so the gift certificates was for a month a month of voice lessons right and then they so so in hopes that whoever one would come and they would stay longer than a month okay we were wondering why we never got anybody from from her place right and um she was she was giving them out but she was you know i don't know who she was giving them out to but she was giving them out and we were there one night and we went down one night we saw her give it out and you know and so that was legit but the part that wasn't legit was when this one lady had this this little girl and she was uh she was entering her in a beauty pageant and she came to me and she said you know um it's amazing what you did with my daughter and and just this was like maybe three months she goes, you know, it's amazing what you did for my daughter. She goes, you know, if we would have gone to that other girl, and she told me who the girl was who was teaching voice, and she was an entertainer, she wasn't a teacher. And she goes, if we would have gone to that girl, I don't think we would have gotten this kind of results. And I said, well, how did you hear from us? She said, oh, well, we heard we heard from you from that lady that the husband does the karaoke thing, you know, down at that place. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, we, we give her gift certificates. And she said, yeah, but, you know, she was trying to get us to go to this other girl. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa. Okay. So so this lady was, was that kind of snake, right? And there's all kinds of snakes like that in the business. And, you know, really, in her, in her, on her side of stuff, she was just trying to give her friend business. Okay. So, so don't think that, you know, when you're paying to play, don't always count on that. Because right? that was one of our ways to play. Right? We were putting up our labor. So we would give gift certificates, right? They would give them away. People would come. They would get the free lessons, right? They would get an improvement. And if they wanted to sign up, they could or not. But, you know, you would think, right? You would think that somebody with integrity and in some kind of decency would actually turn around and, and, you know, refer people to you because you're giving them the certificates. No, Hawaiians, it's not like that. So I'm not saying that she was wrong. I'm just saying what her character was. And maybe her character was she was a really good friend to the other girl. And maybe that's what it was. You know, so I'm not here to say what it was because I don't know. But that's what happened. See, so so when you pay to play, you have to pay with the with the attitude that, hey, this is this is what it's gotta be. This is this is how it's gonna go down and whatever, whatever happens, I gotta be ready for whatever happens. So those kind of dis- disappointments happen. The other things that that happen is like, you know, for example, on my on my radio journey, you know, that was a huge journey. That was a huge explosion of of of, of popularity, and if you want to call it that, it was it was fever pitch for for a couple of years. And when something like that happens, you know, you think to yourself, oh well. I'm not I'm not paying any money, right? I got I was chosen for this thing and then now this thing turned into something bigger and and like there's there's no, you know, there's I, I didn't have to pay anything. Oh yeah, you do, right? So what I paid in that in that situation, 
I paid mentally. It was an excruciating pain to go through the kinds of mind games and the kinds of tension that I had to go through to, to just maintain that, to just be there. Because in order to be there, I had to go through all these trips, these, these ego trips. I got to tell you that in, in show business entertainment, right? Like, I don't care where you are. I don't, I don't care. I don't care if it's singing. I don't care if it's radio. I don't care if it's television. But there's always egos. It's like walking into a, you know, when you go into a meeting, <clears throat> when you go into a staff meeting, it's really funny because it's a room full of egos bouncing around. You see what I'm saying? And and you got to have an ego. And, and in some cases, you got to have enough ego to defend yourself. Mm-hmm. But you, you don't want to be offensive, right? You just want to deflect stuff. You want to deflect, you know, from, from stuff hitting you. You don't want to necessarily go on the offense. When you go on the offense, so this is the law of attraction, right? Because you get what you give. When you go on the offense and launch an attack, you better be prepared to receive an attack. Okay, because I saw this in, in one of our, our meetings. I saw this where this guy, I don't know if he was on too much coffee or what, but he snapped in a meeting in front of everybody. And this guy was the best radio programmer like I ever saw in my life. And I worked for, I worked in radio for 30 years. And this guy was the most gifted guy at programming that I ever saw. And, and maybe he was into too much Java that morning, but man, he, he just exploded in this meeting on this one guy, right? And I can't even tell you the reaction he got from everybody. At first, it was shock. It was like, huh? It was like a hand moment. And the hand went all the way up. Huh? It went all the way up. And the second response was, in, in everybody's eyes, the second response was, damn this son of a... <laughs> I mean, the, you know, sort of, sort of the mood changed through like two moods instantaneously, like boom, boom. And, and the second mood, you wouldn't want to be on the receiving end. But because he was in power, right? Because he had, he had uh, power and influence within the company. So nobody, everybody held their tongue, right? But I could see the look. You could see the vibe in everybody's eyes. And that's what you don't want. So, so the pay to play part, right? Sometimes you got to pay with money. Okay. Sometimes you got to pay in a way that you let somebody else sponsor you. And then now they're your boss and you got to work. Right. Or the other way you can go out and you can do your own. See, like my uncle told me, well, you can go out and you can do your own stuff. Right. And when I lost my business partner six years ago, you know, still till now, I've been trying to find business partners for different things that we do. I've been trying to find. So if you guys are interested, anybody's interested in being a business partner and you know how to do business and you have uh, what we're looking for, you can always you can always send us an application or you can always send us an email and uh, request it. Our email is vmacconsultants at gmail.com if you want to if you want to uh, do that. But anyway, so we're, we're you know, we're always we're always open to forming relationships. Business is relationships. Business is is, you know, going out there and and uh trying to make something where you, where you can go out with you can you you can have a partner that knows how to do one thing you know how to do one thing you put it together and then you can go out and make something and then you divide the profits you split the profits you know that kind of thing right so it doesn't really take money to make money but you have to pay to play you're going to pay you're going to pay with your time now let's talk about time is your life i had a really good friend in fact He's the guy who taught me how to be a ventriloquist. And this guy and I became friends. Now, a lot of the friends I've had over the years, we've had to, like, keep it. I, I, I've kept it. I, I've done this on purpose. I've kept it very close to my chest, and I've, I've kept it very on the side, away from everybody. And the reason why I do this is because I've seen so many people get dragged down when they get in too big of a network. So this is why they say keep your circle small. So I keep my circle very small, right? And people don't see me hanging out. You know, people go down to the bars or clubs or wherever they go to, right? hotels, whatever. They might see me once in a while, okay? But, but I don't hang out, okay? And I'll tell you why I don't hang out, okay? There's a couple of reasons. The first one is pretty shallow, okay? I don't, the reason why I don't hang with the boys, okay? I don't hang with the boys, okay? I hang with the girls, okay? Boys don't have JJs and girls right, all night long. 
Anyway, all right. So <laughs> that, was, that was that's that's what that's a pretty shallow reason. But yeah, I'd rather hang with the girls, right? Because I'm a lover, not a fighter. I'd rather hang with the girls, right? Uh, with a girl, okay? I'm not implying that there were several girls and no, no, not like that. But, but, uh, on occasion and, you know, anyway, so, but, <laughs> but, but, no, seriously, this is a comedy podcast, gotten funny. All right, so, uh, but I'd rather hang out and spend time, my quality time, my time that I have to, to myself, my personal time, I'd rather spend it with a chick. Right and make some beautiful memories, right? Then go hang with the boys and I don't know, play video games or what it, whatever they do. Uh, I don't know what they do because I did two things with my personal time. Okay, besides work, if you if you exclude all the hours of work, then there's like a couple hours, a few hours that I have, and I I either spend spent that time with a female or I spent it with Wayne learning the music practicing music so because we we used to have practice sessions rehearsals and then at home right because he lived at, at the house with me we would we would just jam for fun i mean no rehearsing no you know just jam just play and that's what we did and so that's what my life looked like for many 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 years and uh and because i i you know uh, had wayne with me right he was blind i couldn't travel any place i couldn't go anywhere I couldn't leave him by himself. He was blind. And I didn't want to, you know, have somebody uh, babysit him. He was a grown man. <laughs> and, you know, and people don't know. People don't really know the real Wayne, bro. This guy, I mean, when he was at home with me, like, we used to swear like sailors. We used to carry on. And, I mean, you know, and he was a real dude, right? But around other people, he was like this mild-mannered guy and I'm, I'm like whoa he really knows how to put on the you know he knows how to put on that game face you know uh but it was it was fun and so but the the pay to play part right is like everything that we invested our our time is our life and the guy who taught me to be a, a ventriloquist freddie uh, i can say his name he's he's passed freddie morris um he always told me he goes you know your time is your life and and he used to have a toast at his show that uh, he did. Uh, and he said, um, when you spend your time uh, with someone, you spend your life with someone. Your time is your life. And, and he used to raise his glass and he used to say, uh, I like to, uh, so here, here's to, uh, thank, thank you for spending part of your life with me. And, and he would toast, cheers, you know, to the audience. Uh, that happened in the old days. You don't see people doing that now. People don't toast. You can't, you cannot, it's against the law now to, to have alcohol on a stage anymore. But back in the old days, I did any kind. But, but yeah, so, so, uh, but these friendships I had with people I had on the side. And it's funny because some of their friends, right, had no knowledge that I was their friend. They had no knowledge because we never hung out. We never we never hung with the, the whole gang kind of thing, right? Once in a while I would go and you know to the local hang. And once in a while I would I would go and stay for an hour or something, but then I would leave. You know, and and um because my time was my life and because my life was about my work and about my music and about my development, right? And then about my students and my clients. And those things. So I always, I always, you know, was working. And, um, and when I wasn't working, like I said, right? So it was either, it was either playtime with the girls or it was playtime at home with the instruments. And so, um, but, but we did, we did play as, as hard as we worked. Uh, it was just a shorter condensed amount of time, right? For the, for the enjoyment music at home. But you're going to pay. Now, the, the thing you got to remember when you're devoting time to something, I don't care what it is. You could be devoting your, your time to uh, to surfing or you can be devoting your time to lying on the beach in the sun. OK, now that's your life. Now, there's going to come a time and I don't I'm not looking forward to this because Hawaiians, I'm probably going to go before you. <laughs> if you're if you're the 30 year olds, the 20 years, 20 something listening, listening to us. Right. OK, uncle's probably going before you. I hope I hope you guys live long. I hope you guys enjoy Okay? But here's the thing, right? There's going to be a day when I'm lying on my deathbed, when I don't have the energy or, or, or the wellness or whatever it is, whatever it happens to be, nobody knows. But there's going to come that time. And I'm going to have to lie there with all the memories of everything I did 
and I cannot afford to have any regrets always. Okay? So no regrets. Remember that. No regrets. You got to do things with the intent in today, in the now, in the present that you're never going to regret. Do I regret anything I did in the past? I can only think of one thing. I can only think of one thing I did that I regret. And, and it was the way I handled a phone call with my mom way back in the day and I hung up on her after I swore, right? And that's the one thing I, I regret. That's the one thing in my life I regret. Everything else? No, hell no. Hell no, right? But you know what you do? Whenever you do something like that, okay, you apologize, first of all, okay? The second thing is that you ask for forgiveness to your higher power and you let it go. Okay, like the Christians say, give it to God. Okay, uh, uh, just just let it let it go. Give it to God, and and move on to the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing. Right? There can be no regrets, Hines. I know I know a couple of people now who are in their eighties, who I talk story with them, who have tons of regrets, tons of regrets, and they live they they're living in hell. They're living in hell right now in the present. Because they're thinking of all these regrets. And you cannot change somebody like that. You cannot change. You can't change anybody but yourself, Hawaiians. Okay. Now that being said, right. This is part of what you pay to play. This is what. This is part of what you're paying right now. You're not thinking about it. But this is what you're paying. Okay. You're paying a price for everything. There's a transactional price for everything. In the spiritual world. In the physical world. Okay, you, you go outside, you think you're getting something for free. You go down the beach, you lay in the sun, you think you're getting something for free. When you get a sunburn, guess what? You paid to play. There you go. You had to pay something. You, you don't get anything for free in life at all. And I, and I don't mean monetarily free. I mean anything. Anything. There's a backside to everything, Heinz. And that's what you guys got to look at. Okay, I had this knowledge from 13 years old when my uncle told me about it, right? Now, I had to go through a whole bunch of crap to, to go, oh, yeah, that's right, right? You know, because I was testing the theory. I go, nah, that's nonsense. I don't need, I, I don't have to listen to that. There's no price to pay for this. And boom, there you go. There was my price. And then boom, there one more time. <laughs> you see what I mean? And after a while, you become mindful. After a while, you go, okay, you know what? I'm tired of this already. <laughs> I'm tired of, I'm tired of hitting the wall already. So what do you do? Well, you, you start thinking about your next move and you do it intentionally and pretty soon you set yourself up for a better situation some people call that success but you but you set yourself up for a better situation now are there situations that are not under your control oh hell yeah when cancer came uh, me and bullying and we had to go through that and we sat in the car and 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 we talked story like for hours in the mornings you know, when, when we knew, when we knew that this wasn't going to last forever, this, this, there was going to be an end to this because cancer was going to take him. And we had a two year long goodbye. And during those two years, there, I, I can't even tell you the, the ups and downs, the kind of ups and downs. So I, you folks out there that have family members that have cancer, you know what I'm talking about. Those of you that don't, I pray you never do. I pray to God you never do. Okay. Because money's not the only thing you're going to lose, okay? You're going to lose mentally, spiritually, and physically, okay? Not just monetarily, it's, it's physically, okay? That's part of the physical process thing. But but you guys, you guys are going to lose on all fronts, okay? And then eventually you lose somebody that you love. Eventually you lose somebody you care about. Eventually you lose somebody that was there for you or what? All of those things, everything, right? So you, but you gotta pay to play, okay? Now, getting into the, getting into the, you know, the friendship is another thing, right? There was a price for that. There was a price for the friendship. There's a price for for a marriage. There's a price for a girlfriend. There's a price for a best friend. There's a price for the boys. There's a price for everything. But you gotta look at that, and you have to consider that, because you gotta be willing to pay that price. There is a price, Hawaiians, okay? So, and, and if, there's, if there's no risk, right, which there is no such thing, but if, 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 if you look at something like, oh, I can do that, there's no risk for that. There is a price for that. You just haven't figured it out yet. You haven't experienced it yet. Okay, but you got to pay to play. 
Okay, so you gotta you gotta either pay the guys that promote you and make you famous, because that's what you wanted to be, rich and famous. And yeah, with the right guys, you could get rich, because it takes a it takes a larger scale to do that. You know, maybe you gotta do a Hollywood thing. You gotta go that route. You gotta go to New York. Maybe you gotta do that, right? And and there's a bigger price, and there's harder work and and everything, but there's greater reward. You're just operating at a different level. The blessing for me was that, you know, like this time uh, I, I opened for Sinbad, right? And um, <clears throat> he he came here locally. And I was like, what? Sinbad's going to come to this small little nightclub to do his show, right? And they go, no, no, yeah, yeah, we'll, bro, we'll pay you. And so this guy paid me, right? He paid me good. He paid me to come down and, and do my stand-up. And I came down and I did my stand-up. And you know what I learned? I learned actually at that show, I learned how uh, valuable my, my routine was. Or, or at least what, what it made people do. The effect it had on people. Because normally, we had, we had a wedding and a party business. There's 350 people in the ballroom. You don't get the kind of response you do from a smaller crowd. In this situation, we had like, I think, 150 people. But it was a more intimate setting. It was kind of close. And these people were laughing and enjoying themselves, right? And so, and I thought Sinbad was going to come on right after me. But no, I wasn't the main opening. I was like, I was like, I was like the second opening, right? So I went out first. I did my stuff. People were laughing and enjoying. Then they brought this guy. I don't know who this guy was, but they brought this guy from the mainland. And he came out, right? And I guess he was going around on Sinbad's tour with him or something. And he came out and he started to get local people thinking, you know, intellectual comedy. It went in the gutter. I mean, you know, and, and I told the guy when I, when I walked out, I go, bro, you think next time maybe, you know, maybe you can switch to order and maybe, maybe I can open for one of your boys. Like when they come down and, you know, that guy, that, and, and he looked at me, he goes, yeah, we should have done that. <laughs> so, but but you know but that that was just me that that was the ego part right that was just me but <clears throat> but then but then yeah this guy totally lost everybody and and towards the end of his set he started to pick the audience up a little bit and this is what you got to know about comedy if you lose an audience in the beginning it's a struggle to get them going and by the time you get them going it's time to say goodbye and that's what happened to him it was like 10 minutes before that. He had the last 10 minutes of his act. And then they started warming up. And then Sinbad came out. I was in the back when he got out of the, the SUV. And, and I was in the back. And I, I shook his hand. And he walked inside. And I was like, wow. They, you see, all these things came to me, Owens. They all came to me. I did not have to go to it. I didn't have to go to Hollywood. I didn't have to go to New York. I didn't have to pay the big price for the big stuff. But you know what? The law of attraction says, right, that all you got to do, right, is have that intention. And my intention was I want to I want to do shows. I want to be around around the big dogs. I want to I never got to be the big dog. Right. But I got to be around the big dogs. I got I saw them all. But it came in. Boom, boom, boom. I was sitting at this this show in Waikiki. I'm not even going to say the name. All kinds of big stars coming in and out. And you see the human side of these guys, too. And that that's kind of like, sometimes that doesn't work, too. Because you're going, oh, man. So I got thought, thought this guy was a good guy. <laughs> you know, that kind of, oh, why you got to say stuff like that? <laughs> Your image just kind of it goes down, right? But, but you know, and, and some of the things in entertainment look like one thing, but it was about something else. Some shows look like... Oh, this is this is about a show, and then you go, no, nah, this is about uh, cocaine and heroin. It's <laughs> like, oh, really? Oh, geez, okay, you know. And it, sometimes you don't want to know how I. I'm just telling you. Sometimes you don't want to know, but you gotta pay to play, okay. And there are many levels, and and our blessing was that we didn't have to get caught up in the, you know. In, in the in the game where they, they chew you up and spit you out, although we were chewed up and spit out in our own little ways here and there and at the smaller level. Guaranteed, you know, there was a price to pay and we paid the price. And when we got out of it, it was like, wow, we, we didn't realize going in that we had to pay with, you know, with the, the mental 
uh, excruciating mental pain, excruciating emotional stress, all of those things. But yeah, you gotta pay to play. Okay. So Hawaiians, the takeaway from this podcast is to observe what you're doing. Okay. Observe the next step you're gonna take. Calculate your next steps. Don't just make any kind and just go and plow through something. Just, just look at it and say, okay. Ask yourself, what what is that? What is the price I'm gonna pay for that? What are, what are the consequences? You know, you, you can pay for that. What are, what's the outcome gonna be if I do this? What's gonna be the outcome if I wanna go join this group? What's gonna be the outcome if I'm gonna go into this industry? And I'm going to slug it out with those sales people over there and the competition. What's, what's that going to result? What that, what, what, what's that going to result in? And you got to ask yourself those questions. Now, if you can answer those questions at least a little, because you're not going to get the full answer. There's no way you can get the full answer. But you got to weigh your options and then you got to pick the right choice, right? Or, or the best choice or the choice that you think that, that you're going to go with. But you, there will be a price because everybody has to pay to play. You know what I'm saying? Oh, oh, sorry, Hawaiians. I gotta go. But yeah, Hawaiians, just go, just go. Make careful choices. Right? You guys get them. You guys get them. All right. Hey, you know we don't really say too much that uh, Brother Wayne is uh, doing the theme song right now. Yeah, check him. Mr. Wayne Bonhead. Yeah. Hey, want to follow our sponsors, Brother Andy, Sister Jerry, from Island Club and Spa, two convenient locations, one in Kaka'ako and one in the Alohilani Hotel in Waikiki. Also, we want to thank AFMHawaiiMusic.com, uh, home of Darren Chinan. He's all over the place. Look for his music. Download it now. And until the next time, remember, Hawaiians, you got to pay to play. <laughs> Nobody gets something for nothing. Nobody know how. I'm Junior Kegawama Junior. Mahalo and aloha.